Welcome to Ask Away with Vince and Joe Vitale and hosted by Michael Davis. Vince and Joe Vitale are currently leading the Zacharias Institute. Both hold doctorates from the University of Oxford, Vince in philosophy, and Joe in women in the Old Testament. In a world that increasingly sees the Christian faith is irrational and irrelevant, it is more important than ever for believers to be prepared to give a defense for the faith. Ask Away is brought to you by Robbie Zacharias International Ministries. It's time to Ask Away. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ask Away with Vince and Joe Vitale. I am your host, Michael Davis. In our postmodern world, truth is relegated to subjective feelings and beliefs. But something deep down in everyone desires for tangible and objective truth. Though our God is the source of all truth, He has chosen to hide Himself from the wise and understanding and reveal Himself to little children. Why would He choose to hide and permit doubt of His existence? Why does He make it so hard for some people to believe? But before we get started, Joe, could you tell us a little bit about RZM's involvement in the upcoming AMP conference in Los Angeles, put on by Reasons to Believe? Yeah, I certainly can. I can't wait to go. It's going to be my first time there. The AMP conference stands for Apologetics Mission Partnership, and it's being hosted by Reasons to Believe, which is a really great organization focusing it in specifically on questions surrounding science and the Christian faith. And um, They've got a really great lineup of speakers. It's on February the 23rd to 24th. And um, yeah, just going to be a lot of talks packed into the Friday afternoon and then the Saturday sessions. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be kicking off the conference by speaking on um, apologetics of the apostles and, and you know why do we do apologetics in the first place and what does the New Testament have to say about it? Actually, what on earth even is it and why do we bother? Um, and then uh, Cameron McAllister, another RZM speaker, will also be speaking on the Saturday afternoon. So it's going to be a great event. I can't wait to go and learn. So if you're in, in the California area, then a uh, area, I realize that's a huge area. I'm showing my... <laughs> I'm showing my like British mindset where everything's about a three hour drive away. Yeah, um, but Covino, if you're anywhere near LA, then definitely worth coming and checking out. Yeah, two thirds of Ask Away will be there. I'll be there also. So at least the, the good two thirds of Ask Away. Yeah, the one who surfs doesn't get to go. <laughs> Life is not fair. Uh, so unfair. We all suffer. We all suffer. Um, okay, so we are going to get into the first question. This is from Hannah. What is the reason that God would want us not to be sure if he is there or not in the first place? Yeah, great question, Hannah. I mean, it just seems like, look, if God wants us to know he's there, he's all-powerful. Surely he could just do something, you know, write his name in the sky, and and we'd all believe. Uh, I guess one thing to start with is the idea that, of course, from a Christian perspective, for the vast majority of our lives, the vast majority of our eternal lives— uh, God will be obvious. Right. So we're just living in this very thin slice of time at the beginning of our existence where he's not so obvious. Uh, but that still leaves the question, why is he not more obvious uh, at this point? And I think we need to know what God's goal is uh, before we can make any sort of assessment or begin to understand uh, why he acts the way that he does. Now, if God's goal is just for us to intellectually believe in him, it's pretty easy for God to do that. He can just write that name in the sky. He could just appear to us right now uh, in such a forcibly miraculous way that we would have no choice but to believe in him uh, intellectually. But that may not be all that he's after. Uh, of course, when Jesus performed miracles, you know, the religious leaders in his day plotted to kill him. 
So it wasn't that they didn't think, you know, that he uh, was capable of performing miracles or that they were questioning the miracles. It was that it wasn't leading to the sort of relationship with people that Jesus desired. So what if God's ultimate goal is a relational goal? Uh, And in fact, you know, the word belief in the New Testament, you know, might be well translated as trust, uh, not just intellectual assent to uh, a proposition. If that's the case, we have to ask the question, how can God, creator of the universe, all-powerful, get us to trust him in the context of relationship? It's easy for God to just overpower us and get us to believe in him intellectually. But how can he offer us relationship with him in a way that allows us to freely choose it and to do so because we actually trust him and not just because we've been overpowered by him. Now it gets a little bit more complicated, and now I start to understand what Blaise Pascal said. He had this great line where he said, God has given us enough evidence to believe in God rationally, but he hasn't given us so much evidence that we can believe in him based on reason alone. In other words, he hasn't forced us to believe in him. And I actually was having a conversation about this with the guy sitting next to me uh, on uh, the plane just a few days ago. And he was saying exactly this. He was saying, look, there's so much disagreement about religion and everything else. Why doesn't God just do something so miraculous? Every one of us would see it. And then we'd at least, we'd all have the same starting point. We wouldn't have a choice, he said. And then he caught himself as he said it, as those words came out of his mouth, because this is what we had been discussing. And he goes, okay, I see what you're saying now. Yes, God could do that, but he would take away actually our choice to choose him. And that's part of what he desires most because he desires relationship and relationship must be chosen from uh, both sides. Hannah, what's interesting to me about your question is um, you said um, you mentioned the first place in the first place. and, And actually, I do think God was there in a very obvious way in the first place. I mean, that's where we all started out at the beginning when he made us, that when human beings were first created, they were intimate with God. It was it was kind of like being born into a family when, you know, your parents just there and, and they did have that intimacy. But but the distance and the estrangement didn't come from God. It came from us. And so I think that's the current situation we're dealing with. And so as Vince is saying, then the question is, what do you do when you're at that distance? Does God just force you back together um, or not? And um, um, and obviously God's goal is is relationship. I love I love the verse in scripture when it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. But what I find so beautiful about um, our pursuit of God is that he's the one who's pursuing us first throughout scripture. We see that the whole way through. And you know, it's not like a maze where there are all these giant hedges and a minotaur and you've got to try and make it to the middle, but God's making it as hard as possible to find him. Or it's not like um, some torturous game of where's Waldo or um, where's Wally for those of you from my native land and um, you know God actually he, you know yes he, he's 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 in, in a sense you might say he's he's at enough of a distance he's hiding in some sense and um, so that he's you know not overwhelming us but um his hiding is kind of like the way you might hide if you're playing hide and seek with a game of little children I don't know if you've ever done this but the goal is basically to hide enough so that the kids can participate in the game but also to be quite obviously found uh, Vince and I were playing the other day in our house with some friends kids and 
Vince actually climbed on top of the fridge and curled up into a ball. So he, he was not particularly well disguised. Um, but the kid who was running around was really short and it just didn't occur to him to lift his eyes up and look a little bit higher. And so all the adults in the room were just standing there kind of laughing because Vince was so obvious. But this kid took a little while of, of exploring before he finally looked up and then he had collapsed to the floor laughing because it was just then it was so apparent where Vince was. And I feel like that's kind of what God does with us. God wants to be found. He's not playing games with you. He um, he wants you to, to know him. That is his greatest desire. But he also won't force himself on you. And um, I love the creative ways that he finds to draw people to himself. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun. It, it was a great it was a great hiding <laughs> spot. I mean, it took him forever. So yeah. there you go. On Ask Away, you get you get core principles of hide and seek. <laughs> hide hide high. Yeah, I'm not sure how clean the top of that fridge was. Like, that, that was what I was worrying about. Ew. Um, no. um, I mean, <laughs> I would like to to add um, that it, and to kind of unpack a little bit about what you were talking about in regards to uh, to God coming down in light of the fall. The, the reality of what God did, I, I think he. The reality is, is that with with the incarnation and with Jesus, he did come and he was obvious. the The Sadducees, the the Pharisees, the scribes, they had the Torah, they had the prophets. You know, they understood who the Son of Man would be. And even when they were, when, when Jesus Christ came down, it was so obvious the fulfillment of these prophecies, it wasn't obvious enough for them. Yeah, it's, um, it's in the Gospel of John, isn't it? When Jesus directly says to the Pharisees when they're standing in front of him, doesn't he? He says, um, you search um, the scriptures because you believe that in them you have life. These are the scriptures that testify about me and yet you won't come to me to have life. And I think it's that irony where we want life, but we want it without Jesus. And, and I think how much of the fact that God isn't obvious is really because our hearts are veiled and we don't, we wouldn't even want to open our eyes. I mean, it's in a way, it's it, it can be quite a good excuse for us. It's quite it's easier if we can just say, well, if God really wanted to reach me, He could write my name in the sky. He could do this or that. And we kind of set these goals or these imaginary miracles. Say, well, if God just did this, then I would believe. But, um, but it's, it is a good question to ask yourself: Would you believe if if something like that were happened, or would you find another reason for it? Because you know we hear all the time amazing stories, and you know, Vince and I will say to people, "That happened to you," and you still don't believe there's a God. The point is, if we don't desire it then um then we can find all kinds of excuses to 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 put god at a distance yeah i think we really underappreciate how obvious god is even today i was thinking of william paley's um argument in the 18th century where he says if you're walking through a field and you stumble upon a watch and you've never seen a watch before, but you open it up and you see all of these gears and, and this kind of intricate machinery and you see that it functions for a purpose. He said it would be completely obvious to you that this was created by an intelligent being and vastly different from you know the rest of the environment around you. Well, I mean – Sometimes we just need to open our eyes and look around, you know, look at uh, the beauty of the universe, um, look internally to our conscience, you know, um, the gift of, of pleasure uh, and joy in our lives. And, and, you know, sometimes I just step back and I just think, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, like, this is amazing. Like the intricacy of the human eye that I'm looking at Michael and Joe with right now, like it's we just walk through our days as if 
it's not absolutely extraordinary that we're here and we're living and we're sentient and we're thinking and we're communicating with each other in this vast and beautiful universe. And I actually think if we weren't jaded by uh, our own sinfulness, our own selfishness, the smallness of our, our thinking, the materialism and scientism that influences us that we often don't even realizing realize is influencing us. If we weren't jaded by all those things, I think we would open our eyes each morning and it would just be obvious to us that, of course, there's a creator who loves us and has given us the good gifts of living in this universe. I forget who said this, but it was one of those quotes that is just, uh, it, it's just amazing. It's, it's someone says, an atheist asking for proof of God is like a fish asking for proof of water. And it really is. It we we are surrounded by such such magnificent. Just I mean, the heavens declare the glory of God, and we see these things. And in and in our own kind of internal, like I am more, I'm so important. We fail to see just the glory of, of creation. Um, and it's just it's asking for proof of God is silly in light of just of 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 just the cosmos and of just the beauty of life and of relationship and of love. Mm-hmm. All of which have no naturalistic explanation. And it's interesting you mentioned, you know, water. Um, you know, surfing is my favorite hobby, and, and you very rarely meet a materialist surfer. Mm. Uh, they may not be a Christian, but something about just being out in God's creation, being able to see all the ways to the horizon. Um, just the vastness and the power of the ocean itself—that sense of the transcendent—is obvious when you're spending a significant amount of your time enjoying God's creation. Unfortunately, not many of us actually do that um, nowadays, but I think when you're actually in the creation that God made, uh, he is much more obvious than we often think. Mm. I also think, because we were just talking about beauty and, and good things, and they remind us of God, but actually I think even in suffering and pain, which often people point to as a reason against God, to me, that even in those places, God seems so obvious to me because I think it's precisely when we're, you know, suffering confronts us with with um, with with so much horror that 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 question that comes out of us is always a question of why and that feeling that something is deeply deeply wrong with the world. I think that also points us towards God. And when we look at people who are dehumanized and abused and and wronged, and and the reason that feels so wrong to us is is because it is wrong. It's because it's not supposed to be that way. And you know, if you take God out of the picture, is that really wrong? There isn't even right or wrong anyway. There isn't morality. Why is that such a big deal if people are just like a random collation of atoms just dancing to their DNA? And yet something in us just deep down is just crying out and saying, no, that person is so much more than that. Their life is worth more than that. And that's why this is so horrifying. So I think both that the beauty of the world and the evil of the world in all of these things, I see, I see God at work and I see um, just, just signs just pointing me to, to the truth of the fact that he's there. I just wanted to give an encouragement. You know, I agree with everything that we've, that we said to this point, but I also wanted to give an encouragement because I've had some friends who I think um, are seeking after God uh, and desiring um, to know him to the extent that we can desire that as finite and sinful human beings. Uh, And they haven't yet found faith. They haven't yet been able to to have that significant belief in and trust in Jesus. Uh, And I just wanted to give an encouragement not to give up on that. Uh, You know, I think even in terms of you know, an analogy with my relationship with Joe, you know, I was somebody after I became a Christian, my first year of college, I would have been, you know, happy to to find someone I loved and get married 
right away. I was, you know, from my perspective, I was seeking to find the person who would be my spouse right away. And actually, you know, it took almost another, well, about another decade before that was actually the case. Was but it I think worth the wait? It was worth the wait, dear. <laughs> I think actually <laughs> if, if Joe and I, you know, both reflect back on would it have been better for us to meet each other and um, to enter into marriage when I first thought it would have been best <laughs> based on my plans? Or was it better in God's timing uh, almost 10 years later? And we without a doubt can tell you all sorts of reasons now in retrospect about how God was very providentially preparing us for a relationship that we're in now and for it to be healthy now in ways that it probably wouldn't have been then. So just an encouragement, if you're on that journey, there is often value in the waiting and value in trusting in God's timing and his purposes and that it may be that when you do step into that relationship with him some time from now, it is all the more significant because of the journey you've been on to that relationship right now. That that actually reminds me, you know, I was like, I mean, I became a believer four years ago. So I had over 30 years, actually almost 35 years of life as a non-believer, going through making horrible decisions, going even as a, in a deployment where Christ would have been such a comfort for me. And I've asked that question, why? And, and it wasn't for lack of Christians speaking into my life uh, as a non-believer, but why would God permit me to go through all this stuff to and then finally reveal himself when I'm halfway through my life. And the realization came in is, is that, first of all, you know, God knew the context that I would need and that he knew that I would need to be in a certain spot. But I, I look back and just it's like, man, my life would have just been just, just the comfort that I could have had going through all the things that I was going through. But the reality is God knows us better than we know ourselves. And we ask, why doesn't he make us know, make himself more well-known? But he does. And for each, every single person of us, he, he knows us to our very core, to the, every, the very atoms of our, of, of our bodies. He knows us. And he, if we seek genuinely after him, he will, in, good, in his time, will make himself known. Just like he did for me, just like he did for Vince, and just like he did for you, Joe. Well, let's get into the next question. This is from Mary. How do we know God is active in our lives in the world and in the world around us? Well, I think God's active in our lives all the time, but I think we tend to be forgetful people, and oftentimes we tend to be distracted um, people as well. So we often don't recognize His activity in our lives. I mean, one encouragement I would give would would be to be pretty organized about your prayer life. Um, Joe's mom has a, a, a journal that she keeps. It's like five years at a time, you know, and she write down each day the things that she's thinking about and that she's praying for. And it's an amazing thing to be able to go back. She then sees uh, the same calendar day from each of the past five years. And it's amazing how often then she can look to a prayer from the year before or two years before or five years before and see that God has been active and that he's fulfilled that prayer. I mean, I heard of one um, person, I probably have shared this before, uh, but whose wife became a Christian, said, I'm going to disprove her faith by looking at her prayer request and showing none of them took place. And a year later, he looked at all of them and became a Christian. (laughs) Now, you can't do that if you don't actually 
get organized about one actually being in conversation with God and carving out that time amid all the distractions to be praying. But then I think also, let's not be so forgetful. Let's remember what we've actually prayed for so we can give God his due credit when he responds mm-hmm. to those prayers. Yeah. Uh, th- I mean, there's so much to say to this one. I mean, I, I think because God is constantly sustaining the universe, the fact that uh, that we're even here <laughs> yeah. talking about him at all to me is evidence that he's active. Yes. Um, I, I think it's hard to make sense of why the universe functions with any kind of regularity unless there's a God that's holding it together. But um, I also think more more personally in my own life, um, now I'm someone who I, I'm always wary to put too much on feelings. I think feelings can be unreliable. But I also want to say that that doesn't mean there aren't times when actually we do experience profound intimacy with God and we really do um, see him as active in our lives. You know, maybe you're, you know, you're reading scripture one morning and the verse you read just so speaks directly um, to the situation you're in and to your heart and, and has a radical transforming um, impact on your life and you see the fruit of it. And I do believe that is God being active in our lives and and in, in conversation with us, speaking to us. I, I also think that, you know, where sometimes, you know, our feelings can be up and down and aren't always reliable. Um, character is something that also shows the way God can be active in your life. And, you know, that, that the Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit. That can be something that takes longer to grow. Mm. Um, but I do think that Amen. can be evidence. You know, when I, when I look at things that I used to do and then um, where I am now, and don't get me wrong, there are many things I still do that I hope in 10 years will be different as well. But, you know, it is a process, but, but, that change does take place. And I know that humanly, um, those are changes I am not capable of doing myself. I remember during my university finals, we had these really major exams and, and there was a guy who, um, to be honest, I thought never really noticed me at all at university because he was definitely too cool to really pay me much attention. But during in the library one day, during all the revision for these exams, he just came up to me one day and said, Joe, what is the secret to why you're so peaceful? I'm freaking out. I feel so stressed, but I've been watching you revise for the last few weeks and you just have this peace about you. And I was just able to say, well, that is because I pray and that comes from God. And it, it's because I know that my identity won't be defined by these exams, but how God sees me and you know, things like that, that you don't even realize, I didn't realize I, I look peaceful compared to other people, but someone saw something in my life that was the mark of God at work in me. It certainly didn't come from me. I think the other thing I would say is not just in your own life, but in the, the lives of other people, I see God at work all the time. In fact, sometimes I think it's easier to see God at work in other people than it is to see him at work in yourself. But if you ever want proof that that God is at work in the world, either um, go check out uh, a Christian ministry called Battelle, which works with recovering drug addicts, um, or go do prison ministry. Um, I've never been more convinced of God being active and at work in the world than spending some time doing prison ministry and seeing um, men who were in prison for rape, for murder, for gang violence, for drug, the whole range of everything, who'd come to know Christ and they were so different. I've never met people so filled with joy, with encouragement, with love, with with this complete change of heart. And and I can't, I cannot account for what made the difference and the profound transformation in their lives unless it was the work of God. Mm. I like what you said, Joe, as well about you know asking others and how you know sometimes we're not well placed to see God's activity in our own lives. Uh, we're we're sort of too too close. I mean, I mean, literally even right now, I can see Michael, I can see Joe, I can't see myself. <laughs> and there's yeah. something metaphorical, I think, about that as well. So if you're struggling to see God's work at your life, but you're trusting God in your life, I would say ask some friends and some family members as well, and they might actually have some great encouragements for you uh, and some great sense of the trajectory that God has uh, you on and therefore areas of your life that you might want to uh, focus on and invest in as well. And one encouragement too, uh, I think sometimes 
we struggle with this question because we see God working in a specific way in someone's el- someone else's life, and we don't see him working in that specific way in our lives, and therefore we think that he's not at work or that he doesn't love us as much. And I just think that doesn't take seriously enough the fact that um, God is a father and he has children and his children are each unique and therefore he relates to them in unique ways. Uh, you know, it would be very odd to think that in order to be Michael's friend, Michael had to interact with you exactly the same way that he interacts with me. It, that would be it just you know, that wouldn't be true to relationships. Uh, and so I don't think that's true with relationship with God. Um, either. He's going to interact with you in unique ways that make sense for you because he knit you together in your mother's womb and he knit you somewhat differently than he knit the next person uh, and the person after that. So don't look to someone else's uh, activity in their lives, the way God interacts with them, their gifts, uh, and think, oh, I don't have that. So God must not be as for me as he is uh, for them. God has given you uh, a specific calling and purpose uh, and gifting, and he'll interact with you in the ways that are best for you. I also uh, would commend people not just in the sense of looking, not looking at others, but also not necessarily looking at your current context and your current time. Um, there are many things in light of, of of history that you can see in your in your life, but only in hindsight. So, uh, talking about like you know the course of almost thirty five years of me being a non believer, there was there is a, a specific situation I don't necessarily talk about it a lot because it's it's it, freaks me out. And it was also during the war, which I don't necessarily like talking about a lot. Uh, but there was a situation where there was no earthly reason why I should be alive right now. Um, there was uh, an instance where I literally stepped on an IED. And, th- and the reality is a friend of mine just a few weeks earlier did the exact same thing and actually died. It got, got, got blown up. Mm. Um, I, someone told me that they thought I might have stepped over it, but there's th- literally there's no reason I, I should be here. And I've got a video of the thing exploding, but it only in hindsight of God saving me a 30, you know, a decade later, does that experience make sense? God knew that I was, uh, that my name was written in the book of life uh, before the foundation of the world. And that, that, that situation only in light of God's working in my life, that is the only reason that I am still alive and I'm not on some list of fallen American soldiers. And, and that is just one of several experiences. Granted, that was the most, that was one of the, the, the most shocking experiences where someone yells and basically tells me to stop moving. Uh, but ultimately, in hindsight, through the course of my entire life and God's working in my life, leading me to this exact moment, um, am I able to truly, genuinely see God's working within my life? Mm-hmm. So we are out of time. Um, Vince, sum it up for us. Well, Michael, thank uh, you so much for uh, sharing that uh, with us. I didn't know that story uh, until now. And uh, give God praise to be able to hear it um, and just to— uh, look back and and know why you're here, God's care of you, His desire to reach you, uh, and how true that must be for every one of us and every one of our listeners as well. So to sum up this episode, you know, I think if God is hidden, uh, maybe it's us who have hidden Him. You know, not that He is hiding Himself, but we are the ones who have hidden Him. And so we have to turn the question around and ask it of ourselves: Why would we uh, personally have hidden? 
God, because if God is hiding himself, I, I don't think he's doing a very uh, good job. You know, 2,000 years after Jesus came, uh, you know, and God came at that perfect time with Roman roads and a Greek language that there are a couple billion people um, around the world who put their trust in Jesus. So if he's trying to hide himself, he's not doing a particularly great um, job at that. Uh, and maybe final thing I would say is that as we ask how could God be more obvious? And behind that question is sometimes how can we know God more deeply? Deep knowledge of a person tends to come after a personal commitment to that person. I knew Joe to some extent before I had made a personal commitment to her, but it was only after I decided I would trust her uh, and I would relationally commit to her that I really got to know her uh, with great uh, depth uh, and great joy. Uh, as well. The same is true of God. So if you're listening to this episode and you're not a Christian and you're saying, I would like God to be more obvious, I would like God to be more present in my life, maybe it's the case that you've heard enough, you know enough that you can make that decision to personally trust Jesus, and then you'll find that actually God will be more obvious than you've ever known him to be. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next week. To find out more about our ministry or to donate, visit our website at rzim.org. If you're listening in Canada, that website is rzim.ca.